Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is another doctor. This is Dr. Francisco Contreras. He serves as the director, president, and chairman of Oasis of Hope Hospital. And I believe that is in Tijuana, Mexico. Is that correct, doctor? Correct. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Folks, as you're, as you're listening in, Dr. Contreras is a specialist uh, in cancer treatment. He's a surgical oncologist, but he has also developed other alternative approaches to cancer that are, are proving to be a, a big blessing and benefit to his patients and the people who are, are learning what he knows from his vast experience. Dr. Contreras, welcome to the show. Um, I'm excited to get into this with you because I have a sneaky suspicion that cancer, as, as much as we can identify the, the physical and physiological roots to that disease, it also has huge ties to our psychology and our spiritual and emotional uh, beings. And, and so I'm excited to, to have that conversation with you. What does that trigger for you as I introduce that? Well, uh, there, there are many studies that, that have proven that um, in most cases, the trigger for the initiation of the mutation of cells and, and, and the promotion of cancer is a, is a tremendous trauma. So it's an emotional event that actually triggers cancer. So you're absolutely right. And, and one of the reasons that, that we have failed so tremendously uh, cancer patients is that we continue just to treat the body uh, uh, or, or to be mechanics of the human body. And we forget that the patients have spiritual and emotional needs. And so uh, there, there's no question that that is a, a major, major part of the failure. And, and that's what we have uh, strived to do at the Oasis of Hope to treat the whole person and to provide not only physical resources, but also emotional and spiritual resources so that they will be much uh, uh, more able to fight their cancers. It, it does not surprise me to hear this from you because I've known for a long time that our physical body and our, our emotional self, our, our spiritual self, those are so tightly connected. In fact, I don't think it, it makes sense. We can't meaningfully separate those. All right. And yet still people ask all the time, and they, I get this too as a psychologist, uh, is this a chemical issue or is this just my thinking? Mm -hmm. and, and my response to that is yes, all, all right. of the above, because we experience all of those things in a much more integrative way we can't just meaningfully separate those. I, I like the word that you threw out there about mechanics. Yes. Uh, 
there, there's something inside the machine too that Definitely. keeps all of this working together. And I truly believe that one of the reasons for our results that are much better really than just about any oncological center in the world is because our philosophy uh, is, is different. The philosophy of, of the oncological community is to attack the tumor. Mm -hmm. Our philosophy is to provide resources to the patients so that they can attack their tumors. And, and, ah. and that changes the complete dynamic of everything that we do. And, uh, uh, and, and, and we help our patients a lot. I, I like this idea of uh, hygiene, mental hygiene. The first things we, we, we need to clean up in the mind of our patients is uh, the, uh, the, the, the terror that the word cancer has upon them. Mm. Uh, because the stronghold of cancer is fear. in uh, a patient that, that, that is able to overcome that has a much better chance of, of yes. controlling cancer or beating cancer. Controlling cancer would be that we can naturally convert a terminal illness like cancer into a chronic ailment where the patient can live for many, many years with excellent quality of life, even though the patient is not cured. And uh, just that, you know, uh, uh, cleaning up that thought that, you know, well, I, I have cancer, I'm dead, mm -hmm. makes a tremendous difference in the outcome. I heard it said once, you've got to get busy living or get busy dying. You can't do both. Very true. I like that. Yeah. And we all die. Eventually. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody. Um, <laughs> nobody gets out of this alive. But while we're here, we don't have to live in fear, even if we have a diagnosis. Like you're saying, Dr. Contreras, if, if, if you have a diagnosis that strikes fear into most people's heart, it doesn't mean that it has to take you over. Correct. There are things you can do. Now, you talked about cleaning some things up in the mind of, of your patients. And you also said something that really caught my attention about how you're not going in to battle the cancer. You're there to assist your patients to battle the cancer. Yes. Or to control it or to take a different approach to it that allows them to either manage that and control it or, or cure it even in some yes. cases. We have the power within us to do that. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Uh, if your immune system is up to par, you cannot develop cancer. That's why we all know this little old man that is, is 92, smoked all his life, drank, ate. Which you drunk. don't advocate for, probably. <laughs> you don't advocate it at all. But the fact is that those people were born with an immune system that is unbreakable. Mm. Uh, but most of us have to take care of the immune system that we have. Right. And, and, and make the most of it. So the, the better we take care of ourselves mentally, uh, uh, emotionally, uh, spiritually, and physically, the better we're going to fare. Because the most, uh, um, the, the most powerful immune-stimulating agents are for free. <laughs> you know, laughter, music. Interesting. Happiness, content, talk, contentment. Talk about that for just a minute, doctor. You're, you're a physician. 
you're trained in, in the art and science of all of the mechanics of the body and the physiology. And you're saying that there are resources available to us immediately and for free that can have a direct impact on our immunity. Yes. Tell us more about that. That's intriguing. Well, there are many studies that show uh, that, for instance, laughter. One minute of laughter will stimulate your immune system significantly for a period of 24 hours. From one minute of laughter. Yes. And one minute of anger will reduce the capacity significantly of your immune system for 24 hours. So let's laugh. <laughs> laugh or get angry. Or get angry. <laughs> Pick and, one and, of those. You know, it's very difficult to stay angry for one minute. Right? It requires some effort. Yeah, but sure. you're, you're going to be angry for a long time, you, you know, for sometimes for days. So imagine what, does, what that does to your immune system. And we laugh only on average about four minutes a day. Children, that's why they can eat dirt and do whatever, because they, they laugh about 400 times a day. Uh, uh -huh. So, uh, you know, just, just things like that are so important for people to understand that uh, uh, we, we need to enjoy life. Right. I, I mentioned, and you picked up on this, I, I mentioned before we even started the recording, the idea of mental hygiene. And I see people all the time taking care of their dental hygiene, for example, brushing their teeth, or maybe trying to take care of their physical hygiene, you know, through... Uh, through bathing and also through exercise and proper diet. But there's this, this idea of mental hygiene where we, we have to take care of our mind. How important would you say that is to uh, sustaining physical health? Very important. You know, one of the things that I try to do with my patients as soon as they get here is that I want to convert them from victims of cancer Mm. cancer victors I and that's that. all in your mind you know uh, being a victor or having victory over cancer is is not only an outcome it's a decision that you make i can make a decision to have victory over cancer right now immediately i'll, I'll give you a, a, an example um I, I had an, an aunt, uh, have an aunt that was diagnosed about 15 years ago with cancer of the colon with metastasis to the liver, which is a very poor prognosis, about six months, according to the books. And, and so we did the, you know, the plumbing here. I, I removed the tumor so that she could eat and everything. Then we gave her the treatment. And two years later, she was tumor-free. She's still tumor-free now. But two years after uh, she was tumor-free completely, she came to me and, and said, you know, I, I can't sleep. I'm, I'm so worried. But, but Anna, you, you have no cancer. Yes, but I don't know when it's coming back. So here you have a patient with an incredible result that is still a victim of cancer. On the flip side, I have this yuppie from New York, about 42, 43, a very successful lawyer uh, um, that uh, was diagnosed with cancer. They sent him home to die, so he came to me. And when I was looking at his chart, 
uh, I, I was just, you know, flat, really afraid because he had metastasis to the bones, to the liver, to the lungs. He was in very bad shape. So I started cheering him up. I said, you know, even though you have all this problem, there's hope and we're going to do I said, oh, doctor, you don't have to cheer me up. Like, why? Because cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. What? Uh, he said, yeah, I have three children that I didn't know because I was working 14, 16 hours a day. A wife that was about to leave me. And now because of this cancer, I spent every minute that I can with my children. And every afternoon I watched the sunset holding hands with my wife. Cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. So you, you, you're a victim of cancer that has no cancer, and you have a cancer victor that is riddled with it. And so wow. you can make a decision of being a, a cancer victor, and that opens the door for the miracles. It's a choice. It is a choice. What I've found, Dr. Contreras, is that until we see it as a choice, it's not. Correct. And we just roll with it with whatever the programming is. And really the prevailing attitudes and opinions out there are not particularly healthy. Correct. And pro probably are working against us. When we come back from this break, I would love to learn more about what you've learned about what we can do to make ourselves stronger. Folks, this is Dr. Francisco Contreras at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a DR, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com And we're back. Dr. Francisco Contreras at Live on Purpose Radio today. Uh, Doc, this has been a fun conversation for me because here you are as a, a surgical oncologist. Um, my wife years ago may have said, you're a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a doctoral degree, but I couldn't prescribe antibiotics for the kids when they got their ear infections. And uh, so she, she kidded with me about that from time uh -huh. to time. Um, but it's, it's so refreshing to, to see the perspective that you're sharing with us here today. Um, I was telling you during the break, I had a friend who, uh, who survived and thrived he was truly a victor of cancer mm -hmm. or with cancer that simply became the context for him in which he lived a life of fullness and vitality. Um, he had been sent to hospice by his family 
they don't send people to hospice to recover. Correct. Go there and die kind of a thing. And his son came to him and said, do you want to go skydiving? And he could barely breathe. He had some lung cancer and stuff going on. He said, I would love to go skydiving. And he left the hospice center to go skydiving. Wow. Um, the diagnosis does not control your experience. Correct. But traditional thinking would say that it, that it has to, that once this hits, then you're toast. Yeah. You still have some choices. Correct. I would I would love to hear a little more from you about um, what it is we have control over. That, and and also, if you could, Doctor, I would love to to explore a little bit. Who's in charge of this anyway? Is it the guys in the white lab coats that are reading out of the books, the doom and gloom stories? <laughs> Yes. And I don't want to unfairly characterize the, the medical profession because there are so many who are very caring and loving and, and connected to their patients' well-being. But there's also others who read the statistics in the books and don't see the other possibilities that exist. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, <clears throat> especially in oncology, we are taught to detach ourselves emotionally from the patients so that we can do the correct thing, which is chemo, radiation, and surgery. These are very devastating uh, treatments for most of the patients. And, and usually treatments that we would not do ourselves or give it to our mothers, you know? Mm. Um, and, and so I, I think that uh, we, we, need to, we need to hopefully change that mindset because Emotionally, we, we destroy the patients with, with our attitude. You know, well, that's not objective or uh, it's not FDA approved. And I get a lot of flack for, for using things that are not FDA approved. And, and once I asked a, an oncologist, well, so you think that if it's FDA approved is good and if it's not, if it's not is bad? Yes, he said. Well, I asked him, do you eat bananas? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not FDA approved. Uh, so, you know, something that is FDA approved is something that just went through a procedure, but it, right. it does not necessarily mean that it's good. And something that didn't go through that procedure does not necessarily mean that it's not good. So there are many things in, in food, for instance, that is extremely powerful for cancer patients and that can help in fighting their disease. Yeah. We all know that tumors need a lot of sugar to survive. So... Logic would say, I have to tell my patients not to consume sugar, but we doctors don't do that. And, and, and the other thing is um, that the power of the mind is extremely uh, uh, positive to us or extremely negative to us. And we know that what's, all doctors know what a double blind study means, right? Mm -hmm. It's taking the emotional part out of the question, uh, the equation, so that you can have objective results. Right. So we know that the mind is powerful enough to change the outcome of clinical trials, but why not exploit that for the benefit of the patient? Why should I not tell the patient, "Hey, listen, you're going to be doing well. 
Let's do this with faith. The possibilities are there for you. And, and, and yeah. just, you know, my uh, uh, brainwashing or mental hygiene, that sounds much better than brainwashing. <laughs> Why not use it for the benefit of the patients? 300 years before Christ, the, 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 the Hippocrates uh, school taught that, you know, just to, right. to brainwash the patients for their benefit, you know, so if the mind is so powerful and we know it, why don't we use it? Instead of telling it, you're dead. And, and so the mind is very powerful. It said, oh my God, the doctor said that I was going to die in three months. He's good. I can't let him down. And they drop dead. Because the mind is so powerful. The mind is either going to work for us or against us. Exactly. And we have some power as to giving it the instruction of which we want it to do. Correct. And, and, and I think it's absolutely uh, uh, criminal not to do that. So offering hope to a cancer patient is considered to be a bad thing nowadays. And, and, and that's terrible. That's why, that's why, you know, every year more people die of cancer than the year before. And they're talking about evidence-based medicine. Well, that's the evidence that what we're doing is not working. If more people die <laughs> this year than the last year, what we're doing is not working. So, so we should do something different. Right. And that's what we're doing here at the Oasis of Hope. We're doing things differently. And we have much better results. Right. The, the possibilities of what we can accomplish when we put our mind to it. Look, folks, cancer is simply a context. And I say it that way because there's a number of things that could happen. I'm remembering this cancer victim that you were talking about, who was cancer-free at the time that she was victimized by this, this belief that she was going to still die from cancer. She just didn't know when. Correct. Well, newsflash, you don't know if you're going to get hit by a bus this afternoon either. Exactly. Uh, and we can either live in fear or we can live in faith. And in yeah. my mind, faith, and I'm not saying that as a spiritual term, although I know it has spiritual connotations, faith is choosing to believe. Yes. And since we don't know, even statistics, the, I don't know what the average temperature is in Tijuana, Mexico, but it's probably something like 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean about the temperature today or tomorrow or tonight at midnight? Well, it doesn't mean anything about what the current temperature is. It just means overall, we look at them all and here's what the average is. Statistics mean nothing about you and your personal experience. Correct. And there's always outliers too. <laughs> yes, you cannot apply it to that person at that time. And, and I think that, uh, you know, one thing that is very important on, on how the mind works, uh, a cancer usually takes between uh, eight years and 20 years to develop and, and, and make itself present. Uh, in the sense that, that you, now I know that I have cancer. So you, all cancer patients walked with their cancers for years and they were brushing their teeth and combing their hair and getting out to work and they were fine. But everything changes once somebody tells them that they have cancer. Right. Dramatically. 
but they were walking with it for 20 years, you know? Uh, so right. our mind will change everything. And that's why it's so important to, to say, okay, I have cancer. My neighbor doesn't have a leg. Uh, my other neighbor doesn't have a wife and life goes on. And so I'm going to do what is responsible, but I'm going to go on with my life. And those are the patients. If we can convert them into that mentality that say, you know, I'm doing whatever is, is responsible and I'm going to enjoy the day. I love uh, uh, um, Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, quote, you know, uh, yesterday is gone, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yes. You just enjoy it. Because as you said, I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow, especially here in Mexico. I can be run over by a truck very easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the only thing that changed in that scenario you just shared is what the thought was. What mm -hmm. the, your thoughts matter. Your beliefs matter. If we work on those, everything else becomes context, in, including cancer. It's like old age. I was diagnosed with old age. Well, really? This just suddenly surprised you? Or, or did you live for 80 years before that? Yes. Um, it, it, cancer doesn't seem to be that different. Uh, we find out about it, and then suddenly it's an issue. Well, maybe we can use our mind to, to work for us instead of against us. That's exactly. kind of where I'm going with this. Exactly. Doc, this has been a fun conversation. Um, I know that some of our listeners are going to be thinking a little differently as a result of our conversation here today. You've got some books, including The Hope of Living Cancer-Free, The Hope of Living Long and Well, Beating Cancer and Dismantling Cancer, and then your newer book, The Art and Science of Undermining Cancer. You've been busy spreading yes, this message. Yes. Because I, I believe that information uh, that, is, that, it, that empowers people to make an, in, uh, 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 right. uh, an intelligent decision and right. it will inspire them to make whatever changes they need to do to, in order to enjoy life in spite of the cancer is very important and powerful. And at the same time, I provide a tremendous amount of hope because there's, there's so many things that a cancer patient can do besides just you know, surgery, chemo, and radiation. Uh, there are many alternative therapies that are extremely effective and that will improve their quality of life and that will provide longevity with, with, with quality. Um, and, and so just that hope will help a, a, a cancer patient make better decisions. The hope itself is a curative factor. Yes. And I love that you are spreading hope. Um, if, if people want to learn more about this or where they can find you, where would you send them? Uh, to our website, oasisofhope.com. Oasisofhope.com. Hope. Okay. And the number is 888-500-HOPE, H-O-P-E. 888-500-HOPE. That's pretty easy. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dr. Contreras, thank you for creating hope. I know you take some flack and you get some resistance sometimes from people who have opinions that maybe this isn't the way they think it should be handled. But uh, as you were sharing some of your messages today, I just want to encourage any of you who are listening to listen to your own heart and mind 
to your own spirit that will help you to identify the things that are truly helpful and curative for you. Because hope itself is a curative factor. Yes, yes it is. An important force. Thank you, Doctor, for joining us here today at Live On Purpose Radio. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Folks, this has been Dr. Francisco Contreras, Director of Oasis of Hope Hospital. You can find that at oasisofhope.com. And um, there is hope. So let's take that hope and go live on purpose.